Hey, this is Pastor Rick. Welcome to my home. We're preaching from on demand and at home today. That's right. It's going to be an amazing time. You don't want to miss it. We have a sermon today about dreaming and listening. We're going to have some great worship, some great singing. It's going to be a really great time, but you're going to learn something in Matthew chapter 13. So get your Bible ready. Get ready for a great journey as we talk about dreaming and listening and how they all work together. Sometimes, if you're not careful, you're dreaming. Man, when it comes to the day-to-day issues of your life, you're out of control. Riches and job and career have got you off track. Let's talk about how to get you back on track. Stay right there. It's going to be a great sermon. Stay there. Hey, it's Pastor Rick. I'm glad you're with me today. In my home, I'm honored to have you with me. Today, we're going to continue our studies. We talk about dreaming, but dreaming with the right priorities and how it's easy to have the wrong priorities. It's easy to have things kind of off and we all get there. All of us do. All of us struggle. I mean, I struggle. I have moments when I want to do things and it's not in my best interest. And I have to tell myself, you can't eat that. You shouldn't do that. You should go go to work now, Temple. It's time for you to get up and go to work. Because I get lazy. Sometimes I want to just lay around. But I've learned that it's, it's dangerous <laughs> to do that. And it's more important to stay focused. So let me just get to it. I'm going to pray for you today. And I want to say before I pray, I miss you. The study is going to be great. So let's, let's do it together. Let's pray. Father, thank you for those who have tuned in today. May it be a blessing to them and an inspiration. And may the word of God inspire them, Lord God, to dream, but dream with the right priorities. And we give you all the praise. Amen. Amen and amen. I like um, the Bible because it gives me so many ways to think. It helps me in my thinking process. One of the biggest things it helps me do is establish priorities because sometimes your priorities get off. Sometimes you get caught up in a lifestyle where you're just kind of moving through life and you're not really focusing. In Matthew chapter 13, there's a story that Jesus gives. He uses this parable of the sower, and that's a guy who plants seeds for a living and waits for a crop to grow. Well, in Matthew 13, there is this incredible illustration that Jesus gives. And some believe he was just kind of preaching and talking and he saw the guy farming and just kind of just made this up as he went. And I think it just really illustrates four ways people hear. And these four ways demonstrate their priorities. It demonstrates how they process. And sometimes you find in this uh, world, the, the challenge of balancing your priorities and your dreams and trying to get those things in the right place. And so I want to show you how all of this comes together in Matthew 13. And hopefully at the end, you'll feel free to review your priorities to see whether your life is going in the right direction. So give me just a few minutes of your time. Watch this. Matthew 13, starting at verse, verse 18. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. So let me pause there for a second. This is the description of the wayside response. This is the guy, he says, who hears but doesn't understand. So the sower is out there throwing seed, and the seed lands on the ground, right? But he says the seed doesn't stay long. In the earlier verses in Matthew 13, he says it's like birds came and snatched it. And that's called the wayside response. The seed fell not on the path that the, that the farmer meant for it to fall on. It fell on the wayside. It fell off. They didn't quite land. You ever felt that way about your kids? You know, you, you taught them, you told them, they said it back to you, but it didn't quite land where you wanted it to. It kind of fell off the path. That's the wayside response. The second response he describes is in verse 20. And listen to this one. But he who received the seed on the stony places, on stony places, this is he who hears the word, 
and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation, there you go, persecution, when those things arise, because of the word, eventually that person, immediately that person begins to stumble, he says. So that's the second here. That's the second response. You hear the word, and it's like the sower who sowed the seed out. It fell on a rock. It didn't have a chance to root. And I talked about that last week, how sometimes you see people with no depth. Their ability to think beneath the surface is very limited. And Jesus said that's something that concerns him, the lack of depth. And I believe it's easy to get caught up in that. Here's the third guy. And we're going to talk about this guy today. Look at the verse, verse, skip on down now to verse 22. Now, he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world. Listen carefully. The priorities, the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. Now, this third guy is something we can all relate to as well, because he's got his priorities off. He's sowing seeds, but it's not where it should fall. Watch this again. Sower's out there. Jesus sees the farmer throwing the seed. Some falls on the wayside. Some falls, and it doesn't get root. It falls on a stone or a rock, and it never roots. And the third guy, and the third response is the guy who hears the word, but all of a sudden the thorns wrap around that seed and choke it, and it doesn't grow. And, and I love the way he parallels this to life and daily life, how our priorities in life, pursuing the riches of the world, can deceive us. Let me read it again. I want you to notice how he says this. He says, this is the guy who hears the word. He, under, he, he hears the word, but the thorns uh, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches, they literally squeeze out the priority. What's, what's gotten into you? What, what's taken over your life like a thorn or like a weed? It's kind of grown around your priorities. It used to be your family. It used to be your health. It used to be your diet. It used to be trying to look decent. If you're not careful, that gets away from you. And before you know it, you're ripping and running and doing and going, and you're not really thinking about your life or your future. And your whole life gets off, and you're not really clear anymore about what you're supposed to be doing. Next week, we'll talk about that, the value of being clear. That once you're clear about what's important, you make those things priorities. Now, all of us have been tempted to be this way, all of us. There's something about the cares of this life, trying to pay the bills, trying to pay the phone, trying to make sure everything is right, trying to make sure everybody's in the right place, making sure the clothes are washed, making sure everything is right, the house is clean, the lawn's cut, everything. The cares of this life begin to, if you're not careful, throw you off track. There are three facts about hearing the truth in this text that I want you to think about. Three, three, three simple things he talks about. One is he talks about the responsibilities and riches, how they can dominate your life. The pursuit of trying to find your way um, can be dominated by that. So hearing the truth is not enough. It's not enough to stop you from allowing the riches of the world to dominate your life. It can just take over. Everything is about work. Everything is about making money. Everything is about paying off the house. Everything is about getting out of debt. Everything is about everything. And so everything begins to be about you surviving life and becoming richer. And I understand the importance of paying my bills and making sure things are squared away. I get that. Believe me. I get it. I, I totally get it. But the question is, have you allowed that to become too much of a priority? Second thing is he talks about how in, you can become misguided. He calls it the deceitfulness of riches. 
You're deceived by it. There's, there's this trickery going on. That if you get all this money, your life is going to be happy. If you get all this, if you just get that promotion, if you just get this opportunity, if you just get and you start thinking, if I get a big church, if I get another church, if I move, if I get a car, if I get a house. And so you start thinking that this is what's going to make me happy. And you're being deceived by your riches. Your priorities not only are off, but they're deceitful. I see this in a lot of religious people. You're really excited about the Holy Ghost and excited about the power of God, excited about church, excited about whatever. And so now you're confused. Because now you're home and now you don't have necessarily what you thought in this season, at least if you're watching this during the pandemic, you can't get out. You got to change. And so now everything in you is kind of up, up in the air a little bit and you're learning something. I believe if you pay attention, the Lord's trying to teach us all. It's not all about being in the building. It's about me being in you. The Bible says in John 4, a very powerful thing, they shall worship me in a building. No, I didn't say that. I didn't say they shall worship me with a pastor in a building with a worship team and a choir and a routine and a schedule every week, twice a week. That's what John 4 said, right? No, it didn't. He said, they shall worship me in spirit and in truth. I'm not against the building. We got one. I'm not against people. We have thousands of members. I'm not against that. I'm simply saying it's not about in the building. It's in this place. It's in my home. It's in your home. It's where you are. And sometimes if you're not careful, your priorities get off and you become deceived. Your priorities flip you around. And sometimes in the pursuit of wealth, you get tricked and moved around. Let me just take a sidestep for a second. As a pastor, I'm telling you, it can happen to you like overnight. You, you, you're so worried about your bills now, preacher. You're so worried about how you're going to make everything work. You know, if you're not careful, you're more concerned about that than obeying God. You're more concerned about that than hearing God. You're, you, if you're not careful, every single thing in your life will, will wrap around you like, like he said the thorns did around that bush. And it will make you an unfruitful person because your whole pursuit is to get back in the building and to get more people and to grow and to pay your bills. I, here's the deal. The big question to ask yourself is, why am I such a mess over this? Why am I so uptight over this? What, what's wrong? Right now in our culture, people are fighting and arguing over wearing a mask. I, I just think, wow, man, wow. What, what an incredible priority to somehow feel that everything in your life is centered on this moment or this president or this political season or this we are all in a pandemic of priorities. Not just a pandemic when it comes to the virus, but a pandemic of priorities. Your priority should be to help and not offend your brother. Your priority should be to care about others. Your priority is not just your rights as an American citizen or wherever you're watching this in the world. It's not about just that. It's about you caring about people. It's about doing everything you can. Me as a pastor, that's why we don't have services right now, because I care about the people. It's too many of them. If I bring them all together, it could, it could be disastrous. We've had members in our church that get COVID, and some have publicly acknowledged it, some have not. But the ones that I've counseled and prayed with, I thank God that they were able to you know, distance themselves, get better, and, and recover. I, thank, I, I, I know people, though, who didn't recover. And I know families who've lost loved ones. And I'm telling you right now, it's important for us to understand our priorities are off. Our priorities are going in the wrong direction. And we, if we're not careful, we're missing 
and we're missing something. And that's what makes this text so amazing. He says, it, 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 it chokes you. It squeezes out the, the clear direction you should be going in. When we should be banding together and fighting together and working together, if you're not careful, what happens is you get off. And some of your families, man, this thing has really got you all messed up. I won't say jacked up, but that's not good. You just, I mean, you're really off. And it's because you're letting your priorities get off. You, you have to be together. You got to be home more often. So you, you've, you've got to make unifying a priority, coming together and working together. We have to find a way to do that. And we can't do it. Jesus said, divided. A house divided can't stand. So we got to come to a place of unifying our priorities. Let me talk about three thoughts about how the truth applies to my dream. I want to talk about things that I feel. And some of these things I can, I feel what you feel. Because some of you right now, you're saying, ah, you're right, Pastor Rick. My priority has been off. Something's wrong in this house. Something's not going right. And I want to say it's probably because of, number one, the pressure. Mm, man, the pressure. I feel the pressure right now of my responsibilities and the challenges of balancing um, riches and the pursuit of the pursuit of riches. I, I feel that balance and that challenge. I feel the pressure of it. I feel the pressure of my responsibilities and the challenges to balance the pursuit of riches. Right now, I feel it. Man, wow. You're going through all of this and you, you just, man, it's just everywhere. Number two, I am more aware now than ever that I can be deceived and chase misguided priorities. In the midst of that, I'm, I'm aware that I can be tricked. I can become a person who is pursuing something with the wrong spirit, the wrong attitude. For example, sidebar note, watch this. I want you to have your civil rights. I want you to have your rights, but you can't have your rights by ignoring people. You have, to, you have to pay attention to the racial dynamics. You have to pay attention to the gender dynamics. You have to pay attention to the, the, your children. You have to pay attention to everything. I know right now there's this argument about kids going back to school. I want, you to, I want kids to go back to school. Believe me. I mean, even though my kids are grown, and I, but I got a grandbaby that's going to school. I, I care about school. I care about the thousands, the hundreds of kids in my church who, who go to schools. But I don't want to get, have a misguided priority. I don't, I don't want to be somehow so focused on that that I lose sight of the importance of their life. I want to make sure that my priorities are clear. And sometimes we, we have misguided priorities. Is, is the, what's the priority right now? Well, we got to have a living. I got to live. Yes, but you, you got to live. You got to have money, but you got to live too. And this, this season forces all of us into a, 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 a conversation about what really matters. And I think sometimes we're afraid to say, my life matters more than anything. We, we got to put together a plan where we all band together or we, we lose together. You need to get that. We, we have to band together. We can't allow uh, politics and personalities and, and, and ethnic concerns to, to pull us apart because we need each other. That's the only way that we can be fruitful. So I understand that I need to be honest and ask myself, am I really being fruitful right now? Am I really going in the right direction? Fighting each other, we're not. Politically warring with each other, we're not. Trying to beat each other at the ballot box and that's our only priority is not how society will win. It's when we band together and we realize we need each other. 
I need you, you need me. And when we band together and get that, we're going to be okay. But when we don't, we won't. And that, my friend, concerns me, which brings me to my final point. The three questions that staff asked me about this sermon. You know, I like this, what I call a talk through. And we talked this through and there were three questions they asked me. One was, how do you get beyond the disappointment you have in Christians today? How do you get beyond that? Well, there's a, there's a lot of that going on too and it's choking us. Christians are fighting against each other and and sometimes I'm tempted to, you know, I jump in and swing too a little bit. But then I think about the fact that there are times when I'm disappointed too. There are times when I look back and, and I disappointed myself. I tried to do the right thing. I tried to preach the best I could, but I, I look back and say, ah, I wasn't my best. You may feel that way today. I hope not. But I mean, there are moments you just don't, you disappoint yourself. You just didn't say it right. You tried your best. Secondly, watch this now. I understand that we all grow in public sometimes. Right now, you're seeing all of us grow. The division, the lack of priorities, the scatteredness of our country in so many ways, the lack of ability to fight a coordinated fight. We're growing in public. The world is seeing our nakedness. Thirdly, I, I know God is not finished with us yet. So that's my answer to that. How do you get beyond the disappointment that I see? In, in, in the world around me, in Christianity, in the world, how do you get beyond it? You just, I'm not, God's not through with us. We have a, we have a job to do and that job's not easy. And sometimes we grow, and I love this, in public. People see our nakedness. Second question staff asked me was, how do you balance the pursuit of riches? You talk about, you know, balancing riches and how it can deceive you and all that, Pastor. How do you balance it? Number one, here's what you this is really important. Accept the need to advance financially. Don't let riches control you, but accept the need. You've, you've got to deal with your money issues. I, I, this nation has to deal with it. Our country has to deal with it. You have to advance. You can't help. You can't do anything if you don't advance financially. I get that clearly. But here's the next point. You ready? Work at this goal in pieces. Give yourself time, but go after it. Go after it, but give yourself time. Sometimes you're too hard on yourself. Every now and then you have to back up the train and say, you know, my priority's off, man. I'm, I'm getting off a little bit. I, I used to do this, but now I've gotten into that and, and I, I need to balance this out. I am not hearing and using everything I've heard. I've, I'm now chasing some relationship that's unhealthy for me. I've forgotten about my kids. I need to slow this train down. I took this job for money, but now I'm losing my moral values. I need to pause this and get myself back in the balance and understand I have to go after it. I have to make money and build resources. That's important, but you can't let your priorities just go out of the window because of it. And we can't do that when it comes to our kids in school. We can't do that when it comes to our neighbor. We can't forget each other. We, we just need each other. All of us need each other. Here's the third question they asked me. You ready? Third question. How do you know if you are deceived or misguided? <laughs> How do you know? You know what you know what you should do? Look at your results. Simple. 130,000 deaths. Look at those results. If you want to know, well, Pastor, it could have been a million. Wrong starting place. See, I want you, I want you to think with me for a second. 
we're so choked by division and quick answers that we're we're not thinking and this is not a political statement i'm not trying to i'm not just trying to lay blame i'm trying to say as a group our group results you know sometimes in families i've seen this where you know the husband and the wife are into it and everybody's kind of blaming everybody and and i'm, I'm saying yeah but the family's still being evicted the whole family is the whole family is going to be outside the whole family not just not just one person not just the guilty party everybody everybody loses nobody wins look at your results look at your checkbook look at the life look at your health look at, look at your results that lets you know that you are misguided and distracted that's a big word i'll teach on that later on in the year i'm gonna do a whole series on distractions and how I was distracted, my philosophy, my way of thinking distracted me. And many times, and you listen to this, you really spiritual people who know God so well. Sometimes you're so distracted by your, quote, powerful relationship with God that you don't see your children are almost crazy. You don't see that you are, look in the mirror, you're losing touch with your physical health. You're picking on me. Yeah, a little bit. Just a little bit. Because I love you. I want you to think about what I'm saying. If you if if I'm not careful, I, I get off. Things around me literally squeeze out like weeds do a seed. My priorities, and I get off. You're so busy trying to be whatever you think you need to be that you don't see that your marriage, your sense of value. Man, just for a minute, back up your train and look at your results. Look at your child right across the room from you. Smoked up on drugs over there. Lost in depression. Look at your results. If you think this is a good way to go, well, well look at the results. You're depressed every day. Don't think this way anymore. Refuse to think this way. You're drowning in news. I watch the news, but you are drowning. You are drowning in it. You're every moment. You're all day the same reports over and over and over again. You're overdosing on it. Too much sugar. Too much, too many, too many. Learn what you need to learn, but go live your life. Number two, look at how you feel about your life. You want to know if your, your life is misguided right now? Want to know if you've been deceived? Look at how you feel about your life. Now, let me say something about that. Sometimes feeling bad is a good thing. You need to feel bad. You did something wrong, you need to feel bad about it. You know, you don't want to become hardened where you don't feel anything. Sometimes, sometimes you need that. Sometimes that's a warning sign to you. You're going in the wrong direction. You feel bad about it. You're late all the time. So you feel bad about being late. Good. You feel bad about not honoring God with your giving. Yeah, good. You feel bad about not giving to anybody but yourself. Good. You feel bad. You feel bad about lying. Good. Those are good things. Look at your results. Look at how you feel. You know, one of my greatest dreams is to get up in the morning and look in the mirror and like Ricky. Get up in the morning and like me. Like me. I want to like the way I look, the way I live, the way I want to, I want to like me. Not you. You're not first. I need to like me. 
If I can fix that, I can, I will work on you later, whether you like me or not. I don't like it. Well, okay. But I can't dwell on that because that's not, first of all, I may not ever be able to change your mind. <laughs> I don't have any key to your mind or your feelings, which can be all over the place. And so look with me and notice how you feel. Number one, look at your results. Number two, look at how you feel. And then number three, look at your impact on others. If you want to know <laughs> whether you are being deceived and whether you're misguided, then look at what the world around you looks like. Just look around your house right now and look at the impact of your leadership. Just look around you and say, this is what following me looks like. This is it right here. This is it. <laughs> You're hurting other people. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is painful, the story of Achan in the book of Judges, Joshua chapter 7. And Joshua chapter 7 tells how this guy went and stole some stuff, some garments and some gold and ended up all of his family was judged because of his decision. So you, you're a drug person. So now your whole family's all jacked up. Your children, everybody's jacked up. Those are your results smoking and being high all the time and drinking all the time. Everybody's afraid, jumping, all because of you, your results, your priorities, the bottle, the drug, not yourself. At some point, you have to pause and say, man, am I going in the right direction? Has something come and smothered me? and rob me of my priorities. And then I wanna say something that I picked up from a guy named Timothy Keller. He wrote a book on work. Every Good Endeavor is the name of the book, Every Good Endeavor. There's a, even if you Google this, you can Google Timothy Keller. There is on Vimeo a, a video of him sitting with a lady, you know, it's the right one, sitting at a lady at a table. And in this video, he talks about work. And he says that when he, first went to New York. He said, you know, I, I used to, uh, I came there thinking that work was all about me um, providing for my family, helping the community, that kind of thing. But he said, when I got to New York, I learned something. Work in New York was not about that. Work in New York was about who you were. Your identity was tied to your work. In other words, somehow you define yourself by your work, which brings me to my last and final point. How do you know if you've been deceived and misguided? You define yourself by your work. You define yourself by your church. You define yourself by your title. You define yourself by what you get to do, lead the worship. You get to define yourself by playing the musical drums and the church and the piano. You define yourself by some title that you have. You define yourself by what you used to be, a movie star, a famous person. You define yourself. You know, here's the deal. That's unhealthy. And let me tell you, that can lead you to a place where you are misguided. Because somehow you think you're not valuable anymore because you're not that person. You're not valuable because you're not this pastor of a large church or you're not in that position anymore. You don't have that job anymore. And so you treat people like you're this frustrated person. So understand me, is your work who you are or what you do? This is what I do. Mm. Man, get that in your mind. This is what I do. This is not who I am. My name is Ricky Ricardo Temple. It's my name. That's who I am. That's who I am. R-I-C-K-Y. That's who I am. 
Ricky. Ricky. Ricardo. With an E, by the way. Not I. R-E-C-A-R-D-O. Tempo. That's my name. And my son is Ricky Ricardo Temple Jr. That's who he is. Different than me. Ricky. Christina Temple. Different than me. Diane Temple. Different than me. Milani Temple. Different. All them Temple. Different than me. I am. I am my own person. All of them. They're their own. They're themselves. Who are you? <laughs> who are you? So you, you having a meltdown, Pastor Rick? No. It's a reality check. I can't be them. They can't be me. I'm who I am. And I need to face that. And you are who you are. You are not what you do. You are not your job. Your job is what you do. Go do your job. But if you're not careful, you'll be deceived and misguided thinking that's all of who you are. Church is attempted right now to be misguided. You think all we are is the building, meaning some address and our name overcoming by faith is who we are. We're more than that. We're individuals who gather in a place to serve the living God to make a difference in the world. We are not to be defined by our job, our church, our location, or anything. The city we live in, the football team you love, or the basketball team you love. You are not, you are who you are. And if you're not careful, you'll allow all those things to choke out your life. And that's what's bothering you right now because that's all stripped away. You don't have what you used to have. You can't go where you used to go. You can't go hug people. And so you're defined. I'm a hugger. So you know, you're nobody if you don't hug people. Yes, you are. I'm, my name is Ricky Temple. Whether I preach or whether I don't preach, whether I have money or don't have money, whether I can dress up or not dress up, I am who I am. You are who you are. Live your life. Stop being a person who's allowing yourself to be choked out by the thorns of life. It's time for you to get an understanding. And next week, I'm going to talk about that. Because when you get a clear understanding, you don't get caught up in all that. Because you know, you know the truth. And so I want to pray for you right now. Because some of you are lost. You a wife. You're so caught up in that title. You're a grandmama. You're so caught up in that title. And you're caught up in, in some label. And you've lost yourself pursuing riches and wealth and opportunities and education and all that's fine as long as you don't go crazy going there and if you're not careful you are depressed over what you're not or what you used to be well grow and be something new rise up and be who you are i'm not going to ever start weeping and crying because i'm not a pastor anymore because i'm not in our father actively raising my children anymore i have a life without them I love them, but I will never be controlled by them. I promise you. I'm living, breathing, working, still can run, still can exercise. I'm going to keep working to build myself up, my wealth, my future, my, my dreams, and then let them catch up. I want them to look at me and say, look at that man. He's still rolling. That's right. And some of you need to get rolling instead of rolling around feeling sorry for yourself. Deceived and choked out by some deceitful lie that's been put in your mind. It's time for us to rise up and be what God wants us to be. Amazing people change the world. Let's pray. Father, I pray for those who've heard this message today. May they rise up today and say, I get it. May they rise up and say, I am clear. And may this be the breaking moment in their life when they say, Jesus, you know what? I need to have you invite you in my life. I, I've been hearing sermons and maybe I haven't been, but I need I, what that man said is true. I need God in my life. I need to find God's place for, in my life. I've been allowing everything else to be a priority. I've been carried away with riches, carried away with my work and not focused on my life and my God and my relationship with you and my own health and my own future. 
So, Father, I pray that this would be a breaking moment for them, that they would say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Come into my life. Give me a new start. And I give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, listen, it's always a joy to have you. Thanks for coming to my home today and being with me. I really appreciate you being with us today. You know, I really, really, really thank God. You heard that all the reallys. I'm so thrilled that God is helping us make it through this season. And I believe we're going to make it together. Let me encourage you, if you're here for the very first time and you say, Pastor, I really enjoyed this and I want to connect with you. We'd love to have you connect with us. We have something called Members and Friends where people can connect with us. Some people want to be a member, want to join up with us and hook up with us. And we'd love to get to know you. If you're interested in that, I'd like you to feel free to email us. Make it simple for you. Pastor at overcomingbyfaith.org. That's pastor at overcomingbyfaith.org. And some of you say, well, I want to be a friend. I don't want to be a member. I don't want to join the church, Pastor. I, I don't want to, I want to just be a friend. I want to hang around with you and just study the word with you. Feel free to email again. So I want to be a friend. I want to be a friend. That's all, right, so all you got to say is my name is and I want to be a friend. Love to hear something about you because I'm going to respond to you personally. Don't hope that didn't scare you because I really just want to get to know you. I really want to help you. Our church wants to get to know you. And so feel free. Now remember, remember somebody that says, I want to join. I want to be a member of that. And you may live, you may not even live in Savannah, Georgia, where we are. You may live all over the country. It's fine. Members and friends is about people everywhere. And you just say, I want to be a part. I just want to hang with you guys and uh, be a part of it. And, and as a member, you're saying, I want to support. I want to be there with you. As a friend, you're saying, I just want to hang out. Either way, it's all good. We'd love to have you. Again, pastor at overcomingbyfaith.org. Love to connect with you. Well, I pray you were blessed by today's message and I pray that you thought about what we said. Sometimes in life you can have a dream, but if you're not careful, your priorities to be off and you'll end up in a misguided place. And you can see that when you look at your results. These are the things you said you were trying to accomplish, but it's not what, what's happened in your life. Your marriage is not where you thought it would be. Your kids are not where you thought they would be. You're not where you thought you would be. And we can all relate to that. I'm always looking at my priorities to see every day I'm on track. So let me pray for you. Father, I pray for those who've heard this message. May it inspire them to grow and to focus their mind and their heart. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, listen, it's been great being with you been wonderful to have you in our life and to share this word with you. Link and send it to a friend if it's something that you think would help somebody in your life. And I want to thank you again for the opportunity. You be blessed. I'll see you next time right here on demand. Have a great day.